0: Yeah. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com/trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Wrestle, wrestle, wrestle. Wrestle, wrestle, wrestle. Wrestle,
1: wrestle, wrestle. Who in the world is Nick Suriano, wrestling's man of mystery? Welcome back to Mindset Monday. Gene Zanetti, Jeff Zanetti, your coast to coast mindset coaches. Excited to bring you another great episode. Who is Nick Suriano? That is the question. That's
2: a great question. So, obviously, what sparked this, we got the world team trials coming up this weekend. And then Flow Flo Wrestling just put out a great clip, a nice little documentary on Nicky Suriano. So, let's go. Let's start with this. What are your initial thoughts? The first thing that comes to your mind when you hear, when you think Nick Suriano?
1: Harsh. What about you? Harsh. Yeah.
2: Harsh as well, but also intensity, tough, mental toughness. Consistent too. I think he's one of the most consistent wrestlers that I've that I've ever seen.
1: Absolutely. My first exposure to him was, was learning about him. He was a freshman in in high school. All of a sudden, this guy from Bergen Catholic was ranked number one in the country. And then we found out the guy in his weight, Kyle Beardumple, who was also a freshman, was ranked like top. Maybe top 10 in the – definitely top 10, maybe top five in the country.
2: Yeah, possibly top five.
1: And they hit each other in the county finals, the district finals, region finals, state finals, or maybe three out of those four. But nonetheless, I remember watching them wrestle an overtime match in their county finals match, and it was crazy. And then and then not only that, but then as high school went on, having Ty Egesi in his weight, who was also a top 10 guy in the country. Like, rarely yep. do you see two guys ranked in the country in the same weight. And he had that basically throughout his high school career.
2: Yeah, we'll get to high school a little bit more later. But I was going to say the first time I watched him in high school, he was a freshman. I believe it was his first match, uh, let alone first dual meet. And it was against South Plainfield. Probably one of the best dual meets in the history of New Jersey wrestling. Or definitely within the last 20 years. So this is with, uh, you know, Ashnault was on the team. You got Suriano a Bergen Catholic, Ray Jazz, who we work with, Troy Hallman, Johnny Sebastian, Joe Grello, uh, Kevin Mulligan. We had multiple state champs on each team. Scott Del Vecchio, um, just a highly anticipated dual meet. And this was Suriano's first match in high school. And he wrestles. I think the kid was – I think he actually bumped up. I believe he bumped up. If not, the guy just looked a lot bigger. I think he was second or third in the region the previous year. And Suriano, I believe, won by major, possibly a tech fall, but you know, dominated a very good opponent in his, his first high school match ever.
1: And that was my first high school match ever, or my first um dual meet, South Plainfield. Hostile environment, the fans know wrestling. It's like wrestling in Iowa, basically, where you have a high school level like that, where they play I the Tiger before the cheerleaders are on the mat, they start shaking their the pom poms, and the eye of the Tiger comes down. The lights are dim. They come out to Ozzy Osbourne Center of Eternity. The fans are just banging on the on the. Ground or whatever, and um, it's a tough place to wrestle.
2: It is, you're, it
1: you're is. I, I lost my first match ever South Plainfield High School. Big crowd, lights out, spotlight. Yeah, you lose a contact or anything like that, they're 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 booing you. So it's um, it, it was crazy. But yeah, so Nick, Nick Nick Suriano. I mean, you know, he's he's a guy I feel like we could relate to. He's from the same streets as us, more or less, being Italian Americans from New Jersey. Close knit Italian family. You always see his dad, his mom, his brother. Um, so we're trying to demystify Nick Soriano. Who is he? What's he about? That's right. So let's start. What do we know?
2: Well, we do have, we do have this clip from I believe it was during his freshman year in high school. Gene, give a little context. I'm gonna bring up the uh, I'm gonna bring it up here. I'm gonna rec- I'm gonna show my screen here.
1: So we're at Apex Wrestling Club, which is where he trained. Damian Logan was a longtime coach. You see him in this corner in the Super 32s. Back when he was a freshman, even younger than that. And I went into Apex and worked with many, many of their wrestlers who went on to be not only state place winners, but college wrestlers and overall life winners. We went in here, I think, after Nick won his first state title. And again, you could see in a group of highly competitive wrestlers, and the same thing goes to Bergen Catholic, there's all the wrestlers, and then there's Nick Soriano, who looks fundamentally different than everyone else. I'm just talking, when I say how he looks different, I mean, of course, his intensity level. So even in, we always say, you should look different than all the people around you. Well, he's in these very competitive environments, and he looks very different. We caught him after practice. We asked for his mental edge. Now, I asked wrestlers all across the country, what is your mental edge? We're talking about seniors, college athletes, and how many people need to pause and think about it. Nick Soriano is a freshman. He's so only about 14 years old. And right away, he's like, I know mine. I'm ready to go. I said, you need a second to think about it. No, I'm ready to go. Right after practice, had no idea he was being interviewed. Here's what he had to say. Apex uh, Wrestling, Mawa, New Jersey. Uh, this was not a Mawa. This was in Kenilworth.
0: Seriano, my mental edge is to be the best in everything I do. I'm always training to get myself better to the top. I'll always be the first, not second. I'm not training to be second. I'm training to be number one. So that's my mental edge. My motivation is to be the best.
1: That's as a freshman. Now, a lot of people say that, but based on the way he trains, the way he acts, he, he believes that. Go ahead. No, that was it for the clip. Yeah, you could see he really means he really is training to be the best. And he backs it up by looking different than people in the room. Even times where we did mindset sessions with the team, the whole team's there. He's hanging on the pull-up bar or he's doing, he's watching. I was going to say, say, what do you remember
2: about our sessions with Bergen Catholic? So we worked with Bergen Catholic. We worked with Rutgers. Nick
1: was obviously on both teams. What are some of the things you remember about Nick during those workshops? You think back to Kendall Cross and the Terry Brand special that was on Flow Wrestling. Kendall Cross said he was studying brands when he was getting ready for the Olympics. And not only was he watching the video, he didn't want to be at work. So he's pumping the aerodyne, too. Same thing with Nick. Not only is he in our mindset session because he worked with Bergen Catholic for many years and, of course, working with Rutgers many years, he's hanging on the pull-up bar or he's stretching. He's engaged, but he's also doing something else physically. So, I mean, this guy is multitasking. He is trying to be the best. You see that commonality with Kendall Cross, who's an Olympic champ. (laughs) That's right. So let's talk a little bit about Nick's high school, his high
2: school training. So obviously we wrestled in New Jersey. Our younger brother wrestled in New Jersey. Gene took third. I took third and second. Our younger brother took second. Nick got it done all four years. (laughs) Not the only four-time New Jersey state champion. You'd have to say the the most impressive resume in high school.
1: You'd have to, and there were so many good guys. Of course, you had you Damian Hahn, you got Mike Gray, you got Campolitano, you got Winston, you got... Ashnal, oh, Ashnal, <laughs> You got all these guys. I'm thinking of the older guys. But what Suriano was able to do with having people in his weight class that were ranked in the country, in the top 10 in the country, multiple years, that's hard to do. It's very hard to do. So, I mean, and then going into the Beast of the East, he was taken down once in high
2: school? One takedown, he gave up all high school. That's why I think about consistency. I think it was his freshman year at the Beast of the East, Um, yeah, around, it wasn't in the finals, but one takedown all of high school. And I I think they wrestled, this is what Bergen Catholic. They wrestle, here we go, rocking the Bergen Catholic shirt. You know, the toughest schedule in the country. Doc Um, Buchanan, Beast of the East. Yep. Yep. So, I mean, he was wrestling. I remember his senior year wrestled, a guy's name is Karim from Bethlehem Catholic. And they wrestled two or three times. And then just every time they wrestled. Number two in the country. Number number, number, two guy in the country. Second in the country, and you you could see it's like wow, there's a big difference between number one and number two that year. Not taking anything away from Karim, he was awesome as well, but um, you know, Nick was obviously on another level. I think he had a pin in the first period in the in the Beast of These Finals.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's nuts. So I mean, he had to, and then you know how hard it is just to beat the guy same time over and over. We've seen in the New Jersey States, a guy who was in the same district as them. And it's, and it's, you know, maybe beats him in the dual meet, beats him in district, beats him in the region, loses to him in the States. It happened with Halman losing to Magaldo. It's hard to beat a really good guy three or four times. It's hard to beat him twice, let alone three or four times.
2: That's right. That's right. Yeah, and he, he wrestled guys like Beer Dumfle, who wrestled at Harvard, Gacy, who went to Princeton. And he's wrestling guys in the state finals that are top five, top ten in the country. So <laughs> really had to earn every single
1: every championship and a lot of matches there at Bergen Catholic. And was and was never really in any kind of danger or any kind of threat of losing. I mean, when, remember the situation with Ashton going for his fourth state title, and it was really in doubt there with, with Dinmore. It was a heck of a match, and it came down to the wire. It's like Suriano didn't have any close matches. In fact, you know, usually after you win, and, it, you know, all wrestlers, like, you just kind of like want to, like, get away from the guy. Well, Suriano, I think about his senior year when he's wrestling at Gacy, if you watch that match again, again, two guys ranking the top ten in the country, the whistle blows, and Suriano's hands are still on him as if he didn't want to stop wrestling. Like, we talk about as far as being a predator mindset, being aggressive, one of the things we talk about is, you know, invade the person's personal space when you're on the mat. When you stand up, you're right back in their face. When you're by the out-of-bounds, you're right on them. So being a predator means like that two foot bubble during the wrestling match, you're always in their space. And he was doing that. And he really meant it. Like he didn't want to take his hands off the guy, not cutting away, not getting ready to do a flip. He's still ready to do battle with the guy as The whistle blew and he won his fourth state title. That's right. I was going to say, one of the
2: topics I have is, so we go through a lot of different mindset exercises with our wrestlers and our teams. What are some of the mindset lessons that you go over with other people where they bring up Nick Suriano and I'll go first. The first one is, Mental toughness role models. So how do you get mentally tougher? One of the first things you do, find mental toughness role models. And that's one of the things I think we did well as young wrestlers. We looked to Iowa wrestling, which is a side note, I'm I'm shocked Nick, I'm still shocked that Nick didn't go to Iowa and wrestle for those guys. But um, but anyway, mental toughness role models, especially in New Jersey. um, pretty much almost any wrestler that we did this exercise with, they would bring up all right, who's your who's your mental toughness role model? It's it's Nick Suriano.
1: Right. And the first lesson we give all of our individuals is we have them go through a mindset checklist. In other words, we break it down into eight different mental muscles, confidence, mental toughness, relaxing under pressure. And we ask them yes or no questions that are difficult to to get them to assess where they're at on the different mental muscles. And the first question we ask with mental toughness is, are you the most mentally tough person that you know? And, And again, we work with a lot of Apex wrestlers who Suriano is on their club. And we work with many Bergen Catholic wrestlers for Surianos on their team. And they would say, no, Nick Suriano's on my team. <laughs> so he would That's come right. up right there. The, one, the mindset lesson that comes up to me in my mind is we have an exercise where we smash stereotypes. In other words, a lot of wrestlers will stereotype other people like, oh, I'm going up against this guy who's really tall. Or this person is this nationality. Or this person is on this team. Or, and we've heard a lot of funny things. This wrestler has really cool shoes like if a wrestler has expensive shoes it gets in a lot of wrestlers minds to stereotype they must be good good. because they have expensive gear they have expensive shoes so the way we solve that problem of breaking those stereotypes is you come up with counter examples in other words people who don't fit that mold of your stereotype and when you uh, when you apply enough counter examples you realize the stereotype doesn't carry any water it doesn't hold any weight well when we talk about the shoes Everyone says the same thing. I mean, I don't remember ever looking too much at the shoes when we were young, but that's a big deal now. And they would say, oh, I don't need to have great shoes, even though that's my stereotype, because Nick Soriano won his fourth state championship in $40 shoes. In other words, good. He doesn't even care what he looks like. He's not thinking about getting style points. He's out there to just rip this guy's head off, metaphorically speaking. That's right. Which brings up the next worksheet
2: that that people bring up Nick Soriano. So, We have an aggressiveness series, an alter ego series, when you're trying to build more aggressive habits on the mat. So being able to flip the switch, you might be really nice off the mat, but when it's time to wrestle, we have to be intense, right? We have to be tough. So that's another another time where I think about Nick Suriano when we're developing an alter ego. Um, And Gene mentioned it before when he was in the state finals against Agassi a senior year. You think going for your fourth state title, being undefeated in New Jersey, match ends, hands go up right? You want to celebrate, but for two, three seconds after the match, he still has his hands on the opponent and not in a flagrant way, right? It wasn't in a way to, he wasn't pushing him or shoving him or doing anything dirty. It was just, I'm always the last guy wrestling, right? And that's something you always see with Seriano. He's the last guy wrestling on the edge of the mat. He's the last guy wrestling at the end of the period. He's the last guy wrestling in the state finals. And that's even after he won his his fourth state title
1: where you think that what you want to do is break from the guy immediately and put your hands up the air and celebrate or circle away. I'm pretty sure he was controlling the center, and a guess was out of bounds. And again, this is one of the best guys in the country, and he's still in that mode of about to, you know, ready to wrestle. So, and Zeke would always tell us this. Zeke Jones, the University of Pennsylvania, he used to hand us these controversial, not controversial, Confidential papers. These con- <laughs> that's right. It wasn't controversial at all. They were um, comp- conf- confidential papers that would tell us attitudes that he wanted our team to have. And one of the things Zeke always told us was, be the last one to stop wrestling. Uh, be the last one wrestling at the end of, at, at the end of each period, by the out-of-bounds. And that's certain, something Suriano always did.
2: Yeah, and it's nothing flagrant. It's fair, square within the rules. But I'm going to be wrestling after you wrestle. And now look, he's in Arizona State with Zeke. So I'm sure it'll come up. That's right. So we still have to demystify Nick Suriano. So we got we to dig in a little bit deeper. So what does Nick Suriano want to be remembered for? I'm going to pull up a clip that we have from Rutgers. Gene, if you want to give a little bit of context, a little context of when yeah. you went to Rutgers with, with the great Ray Jazz.
1: And again, Ray and I, we went to Rutgers. We are interviewing some guys. You know, we talked to the team, working with them a lot. Well, we had a great opportunity to speak with Nick Soriano right after he transferred before he won a national championship. So we wanted to hear about, you know, who he is, what makes him different, what's going on in his mind, where he speaks about his family. Go ahead. Yeah, the question was, how do you want to be
2: remembered? So here we go. At Rutgers. Being uh, just, just a, my family. I'm a big family person. Uh, and you stay true with your people and the people that care about you. That's I think that's what it is. You know, some people are are super religious, you know, they might uh, pray a lot. I do occasionally. Um,
1: But I feel like my family and my uh, my support team stand true to them. So so faith is a big. Yeah. And so when you have right there, when you look at it, you see his faith and his family are very important to him. I remember before before Nick won his state title, his fourth state title, we spoke to all the guys because remember, it wasn't just Nick going for a state title. There was other guys on the team looking to repeat Grello Mulligan, people who we worked with for years at this point in time. And we said before the States, remember, wrestling is icing on the cake in in, in terms of your life. There's there's the the cake and then there's the icing on the cake. Wrestling does not define who you are. And after, you know, Nick's doing his workout while we're giving our mindset presentation, hanging on the bar, whatever. And after he came up, still very dialed in. He's like, guys, you know, he's like, I'm about this, too. There's much more to me than just wrestling. He's like, I know what I'm going to do when I win my fourth state championship. We didn't know exactly what that looked like. He's, but I know what it's about. He's got something planned. And if you watch his fourth state title, he dropped to his knees and made the sign of the cross in the middle of the mat and pointed up. So he's not afraid to put his faith on the, on, on, on the spotlight. And again, being an Italian family from New Jersey, you look at Ashnall. He wanted to stay close. You look at Suriano. He wanted to stay close. Ray Jazz who is South Plainfield, staying close. You look at us, the Zanettis, staying close to home. That, and, and again, you just look around. It's not just us. Family is very important. He has a great support network. Again, his father and mother were always there. His brother brought him all over the place. So it was a genuine family experience and faith.
2: That's right. That's what I have in my, no- my notes, too. Family man and faith. And that's something that, like Gene said, it's like we know that it's like his dad was very involved with his training plan. Right. His brother would take him to different practices around the state, probably around the country. So they were working together as a team. And you just don't get to that level without a support system. And that's what Nick was talking about there. He's really big on, you know, the people that have believed in him and the
1: people that have been a part of his success. Staying true to those people. You think if AJ Ferrari grew up in New Jersey, he'd be in Oklahoma State? Of course not. The point is, you look at these guys again, the Italians from New Jersey you have Winston, you have Ashnell, you have Suriato. They could have went anywhere in the country and everyone knows it. Why did they all end up in New Jersey? Even Penn State was too far for Penn State was too far for Ash-Nall because they were staying close. It's something about the Jersey Shore, something about whatever. Just the, it's the close knit. It's so that's what we're saying. Demystifying what's going on in his head. Well, that's that's what it is. These guys like Ashnault and Winston and, and Suriana.
2: Yeah, we're a different breed in New Jersey. Yep. So I also have. It's like he's got a mindset coach. Mindset was always important to Nick. Right. If you hear this whole interview, when we were at Rutgers, he was he was talking about mindset almost the entire time.
1: I'm gonna throw. i well, not to, not to go back to this, but but going back to Ferrari, he's from Texas. He went to Oklahoma. That's close to Texas. Notice he's close he, to his also, family. He's and he also he also went to Bergen Catholic for a year. Right. So the point is, he's also he also stayed close to home. So it doesn't matter if he was from New Jersey. I'm saying something with the Italian culture. You want to be close to your family. Okay. You did, go ahead. Sorry.
2: He did, did go to Blair for a little bit too, but. That's actually a good shout-out. We just wrote to um, Ferrari. He's going to be on our show next week. We're going to be filming it next Friday, so it'll probably be out the following week. So stay tuned for that as well. Well, I'm thinking about him while I'm deadlifting. It's coming up in my head. That's right. we got to beat 665. So we said, Nick, you know, mindset was always important to him, right? If mental toughness is one of the the first things you think about when you hear Nick Seriano, clearly it's something that's important to him. So. I remember even after the national championship, he gave a shout out to his mindset coach, Enrique Montiel. You know, so that's something that he's taking serious. As mentally tough as Nick is,
1: he's looking to improve mentally, which, which is a big deal. He, he brought up Enrique not only after the finals, but also after the semifinals. So he's, so he's thinking about his mind. That's the first thing that's coming in his mind after the match. He's thinking about his mindset. And we used, to, we used to see him at some of the tournaments in high school, and he'd see us, and he'd be pointing to his mind. That's right. Always, he'd always be pointing to his head. So that's what you probably have seen. If you've been following us for any amount of time on our Snapchat page, our Instagram pages, you see there's every now and then pictures of Suriano pointing to his head. And that kind of tells a story. So it's like if you're – that's
2: kind of like if you're strong, you still go to a strength coach. You still work your muscle. You're mentally tough, which you know many consider him the most mentally tough tough wrestler they know. He still works with the mindset coach. So that tells you the story. As good as we are, we want to get to that next level. Simple as that.
1: Yeah, and of course, the, and, the, and the examples that you have around you, Mr. Suriano being a hard worker, own, owning his company, is, his co- coach Damian Logan used him. You used him in Bergen County. Up, uh, That's right. Hopefully we don't have to. Hopefully we don't have to. What is it? Extermination? Yep. Pest control. We used him when I was in New Milford. So, so it's like, hopefully you don't have to use him, but he's the go-to guy, you know, hard work and his brother's involved in that too.
2: Yep, his brother's running the show now. So if you need pest the, pest control in New Jersey, they're your guys.
1: Right. And just hard work is another experience. I remember went to Kevin Mulligan's house for a Bergen Catholic preseason. It was in the summer. It was like August or September, the beginning of the year. They got together at you know Mulligan's beautiful house and everything in the pool and the jacuzzi. We saw Mr. Soriano and it's like, it's like, hey, how's how's Nick doing? He said, Good, we're ready to go. Dead serious. <laughs> we're ready to go. And I mean this is like early, early September. We, you know other guys, maybe it's like,, yeah, we gotta get our weight down. Nick's ready to go. That's right. That's right. all right, so we had the the full wrestling documentary
2: short documentary on Nick. Um, last week it came out. so I'm gonna pull up a clip there. So we had a great a great analogy here of the the predator versus prey mindset, which if you haven't heard yet, I guess you you're new to, to following us. but here we go. why you looked at the clock you know things happen bad things happen at bad times it's like you know I'm a predator in those moments
1: Why also guess. But why also? Because he's eating healthy all the time. I mean, I don't remember him. And that might have been his sophomore year of high school. We were at Mulligan's house. I don't remember him having chips. Everyone was saying how serious he was dieting all year round. That's right. That's, that's right. right. That's, one, that's one of the that's things. Of the you of, he <laughs> took his nutrition t- <laughs> serious in season and out of season. Well, and that's and that's why he's ripped. But more importantly, to this to this scenario right here, who hit the hearts? <laughs> I don't know. Well, any event. I don't know what's going on there. We've got a hearts and thumbs going up. You, <laughs> must, you must have something on your computer. You must be um, pressing on the keys. In any event, the point is, here Here he is. He's focusing on the leg, and he's focused on scoring. And Cologne, who is actually our world team member, who just took a bronze in the worlds or something like that, yeah, he, takes his eye, he takes his eye off the clock. So this could happen at any level. I mean, For LeBron, one second. For one second. I mean, but remember what that one World Championships where Burroughs said, or who did he lose to? I guess the guy who just won the Olympics, where where he came up out of a stance just a little bit high, where Aaron Pico reaching um, in his Junior World Championships match against Yazdani, and like just a split second where these things could happen, it could happen at the highest level. So your discipline and your focus needs to be intense, and his was the whole time. And and he came out not even doing freestyle, just basically being tough. Yeah, but. More importantly there, it's, it's the perfect
2: example. First of all, he says I'm a predator in those moments. So it's a shout out to the predator mindset. But it's he's focused on what he could control. What could he control? Not the score of the time. He could control getting to the legs. So he's focused on attacking the legs. Whereas, again, not taking anything away from clone, third in the world. For its split second, he looks over at the clock. Focused on something that he can't control. Right? He's focusing on the time. Nothing we could do about that. We could be aware, but... Can't control it. And in that moment, that was a takedown. That decided the match. That's the Predator mindset, focusing on the things we can't control, ignoring the things that we can't control. Right. Last thing, we got World Team Trials. So we got Nick Suriano is going to be competing again. Always fun to watch. In his weight class, I saw quickly Tyler Graff, 2019 World Team member. Dayton Fix, Cologne is going to be there again. Seth Gross, Tomasello, loaded bracket. Who wins?
1: I mean, I just think he was denied for this Olympic year, which this, the whole thing with COVID. And um, you figure how many times did guys, did guys compete with having the flu or a stomach bug or something like that? Or, I mean, or or the guy couldn't have got a wrestle off. Remember when Bunch was going for the, remember Coleman Scott, how many times he had to beat Bunch because Zeke wanted him on the team. How many times did that happen? Well, it's like, well, now you have a situation where a guy legitimately was out that was possibly the best guy who could have won it for us. I think I think Suriano takes it. I think he's on a different level than these guys. Although we have great people, and anyone could win on any given day, so we're not putting anyone down by any stretch. But I think if Nick's at his best or close to his best, these people aren't going to beat him.
2: Yeah, I love that weight. I'm excited to watch it. But again, I go back to his consistency. We're going Nick Suriano, 61 kilograms.
1: Anything could happen. So I hope we did. We helped demy- demystify this whole situation. Again, knowing a lot of these people, Damian Logan being one of our coaches at the University of Pennsylvania, um, assistant coach of the team. He coached Suriano. Then he was going over to Buxton's and then Valentin Kalika. So he's going around. He's he's training. He's finding people. I guess the one question mark that I have is that the fact, if this is going to be his third transfer, I know something about transferring from Rutgers to Penn. It's it's difficult. It's a difficult process and mentally – making sure you're staying on top of it and you're able to deal with those transitions because it is a transition anytime you go someplace else. Even if you're Kyle Snyder going from Ohio State to Penn State, it's still a transition. So, I mean, Penn State to Rutgers and then possibly to Arizona State, it's a little bit of a red flag. Hopefully, you know, he's working on it. I'm sure he is. He's taking his mindset serious. That's right. We should probably end with his
2: mindset blast. I should have pulled it up. I don't have the clip up, but we asked him at Rutgers, what is your – what is not his mental edge, because his mental edge was the first video we showed. We asked for a mindset blast,
1: and he said, if you always do what you always did, you always get what you always got. And it works both ways. So, in other words, what he was saying, a lot of times people use that to talk about if you if you keep doing what you're doing, you'll keep getting what you're getting. In other words, you're not successful. Well, he's also thinking about it from the person who's ultra successful. If you keep doing what you're you're doing, you'll keep getting what you're getting. Of course, that means you do have to adapt. You have to make some changes. You could always get a little bit better, but if you've gotten to a certain level, don't stop doing what's worked. So that's yeah. where, that's where he's at with that. So I hope yeah. this helps. A de- yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say it's
2: it's so simple, but it's it's something I've thought about a couple times. Like, all right, if we want to if we want to get something different at times in our business, like you have to change it up, right? And if you want to continue having success, you have got to keep doing it. So it's it's a simple quote. It almost sounds too simple, and it's like a oh, great one. But. but That's something that if if you actually live that, you know,
1: it's going to you're going to win. And sometimes and sometimes these pithy phrases, they go a long way, especially for people who might be like more easily distracted or all over the place. Not that I'm putting him down. I'm speaking more to myself here in this. I remember at Rutgers, actually, we watched when they went against Blair. Remember, we watched um, uh, Bergen Catholic when Nick was on the team and we went in the hall and he basically said he's like, Logan told me that if I could take anyone down and I could get out, I can't lose. He's like think about, it. and then he, and then he said think about it. If I could get true. out on anyone, and I could take anyone down, I'll never lose. And it's and it's like yeah, naturally, but like <laughs> but, but but the point is he internalized it, and and a simple pithy phrase like that could carry you a long way. And he embraced it because he only gave up one
2: takedown in high school, not that many in college, and he was he's one of the best I've seen on the on bottom.
1: Good luck riding him. Good luck riding him is right. So if you like these videos, make sure you give us one of these. Give us the thumbs up, like, subscribe, hit the bell. You want to make sure that every single week you're being notified that wrestling mindset, winning mindset's coming out with a new video. We're going to keep diving into these great topics. Make sure you're getting our daily text message, which is text mindset one. That's mindset number one, just the number one. And then you write eight four, you write it to eight four-five-seven six. So text eight four five seven six mindset one.
2: That's the sure. way to do it. If you always do what you always did, you always get what you always got. In other words, get a mindset coach. If we're struggling mentally, if we want to get to the next level, again, Nick Suriano, not struggling mentally. One of the mentally toughest people that most people know still has a mindset coach. He's working on his mentality on a daily basis. So
1: if you always do what you always did, you always get what you always got. If it works for him, it'll work. Absolutely, positively guaranteed. Mindset makes the difference.